Citizens of Natstown is brought to you by the Ballpark Bus, with departure stations at Clyde's and Ashburn, Glory Days in Reston and Herndon, the Green Turtle in Ballston, Sterling, and Dulles, and Velocity 5 in Centerville. When you don't want to drive to the ballpark, leave the driving to us. Take the Ballpark Bus. Visit www.ballparkbus.com for more information or on Twitter at, at @ballparkbus. fans welcome to citizens of Natstown. Uh, we've got tj lanamire here matthew davila david Hussard. all right let's get right to it we've uh, we've had a hell of a week yes we have nationals are five and two and and uh just because we can gloat about it for at least right now who's in first place it, it was really nice to see that <laughs> yeah. up top it was, i gotta say yeah granted it it's april 12th it is april 12th but uh, yeah, let, just soak it in for even just a brief moment, if you must. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I have. Um, you know, we've seen this game today and the other games this week. But let's start with today's game. The Nationals won on a walk-off wild pitch, which seems to be one of the 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 three ways they can score runs. They can score runs <laughs> by wild pitch, getting the batter walked in, or a sacrifice fly. That sure does seem to be the way, doesn't it? I mean, what was it uh, yesterday? We didn't get a single hit via the didn't, didn't get, get a single RBI hit. Yeah, you know? they had they had four runs, not one came via a hit, and they had what seventeen men left on base. Jeez, well, I think we're up to a hundred and some team number uh, for left on base already for the season. It might uh, be. It's not good. I mean, they they are not getting hits with runners in scoring position, but they're getting runners on base. That's the important. That part. is the important thing. Approach is more important than results, because when you have a good approach, the results you, you want will come eventually. They just have to keep getting men on base, and eventually they're going to get that big bases-clearing double or grand slam or something. The more times you have the bases loaded, the more opportunity there is that something real nice is going to happen. You know, we've uh, we've seen some good pitching, some very good pitching. Um, for the last week, and uh, when I say good pitching, I mean some good pitching. Yeah, the Nationals now have struck out 69 batters on the season. That they struck out 12 more today, 15 yesterday. I don't know how many of the day, but it has been. I can. This has been something else. I'm watch. trying to get those numbers for you. Actually, <laughs> I'm just a little bit slow. Bear with me. Yeah, stats. Um, stats for the win. We. Uh, you know, it's just a nice thing to watch. Watching Gio Gonzalez carve up one of the better lineups Boy, in the NL. Boy, did he carve it up. I mean, it, that was just... You know, it was funny because today at the ballpark, the guys were sitting behind me and they said, oh, well, this isn't a very good hitting team. I was like, what? <laughs> I was yeah. like, have you actually watched baseball before? Yeah, you, you know, that's that's something. that You know, I know that the Reds are a good hitting team. I know Joey Votto is uh, in two years now removed from MVP, one of the best hitting first basemen in baseball. But Brad Lidge should not have unintentionally, intentionally walked him 
yes. and the ninth yes. inning. Uh, the ninth inning. The ninth inning today was troublesome. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, he just it looked like when he just did not want to face Joey Votto, he lost the feel on his slider to the next batter, to, to Scott Rowland, and that's what led to him giving up that hit to him. And then, you know, then they intentionally walked Jay Bruce to get the force out of every yeah, day. I, I, I mean, I, I understand the intentional walk, but I've just never been a fan of it. I, I understand what they're trying to do because you get a force at every base when you got the bases loaded and you walk a guy intentionally. But I am just never comfortable. It, no, it doesn't matter how many outs there are. If there's two outs, I'm a little more okay with it. But when you got one out, and I understand, again, what they're doing, but I just I, I'm not a fan. I think what should have happened there Someone should have talked to Lidge after they saw he wanted to walk Votto. And they should have just said, no. <laughs> throw the ball, throw your fastball. Even if you throw it throw it 88, throw it right down the middle and see how far he can hit it. If he gets a home run, good, you're still up by one. But he just, he just put him on first. It's never good when you walk batters. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> there's probably a lot of ways you can argue it. I mean, I... You saw a prime example of what happens when you do it, though, today. I mean, yeah, you, you don't want to give up the game to some of the best hitters in the game. But, but then you end up giving within, up to Ryan Ludwig. Yeah. <laughs> because you just were afraid of the middle of the order there. Mm-hmm. And you ended up, it's like I was taught, saying, with the bases loaded, the more opportunities you have, eventually someone's going to come through, and it doesn't have to be someone good. Right. You saw what Ryan Ludwig did today for the Reds. And, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed seven innings of this game today. And I might even say I enjoyed eight innings well, of this Clifford game Clifford struggled a bit, but when he, once Clifford, he found his field, he... Yeah, but, but the good thing about Clifford is, you know, that's what his struggles are. I'll take him any day. Because yeah. <laughs> we, know, we know what national struggles, national pitching staff, the national pitching staff has had for struggles in the past. And <clears throat> Yeah, we're talking about our bullpen struggling. Let's. Um, <laughs> last, I just want to say I watched the Marlins Phillies game last night. Chad Dan. He's on there. He's team. on the Marlins. No way. <laughs> he's on the, and Levon Hernandez and Chad Durbin, two more players the Nationals didn't want this year, mm-hmm. are in the Braves bullpen. Something weird about that. I mean, Thornton's injured, and the Nationals bullpen is still. Yeah, still pretty good. I mean, you take away the a couple of ninth inning mistakes that we've had. And, now, I just want to run a couple of stats by you real quick. Um, I mean, even with the ninth inning issues, uh, the couple ones that we've had so far, granted, seven games, uh, obscenely small sample size here. Uh, we have 69 strikeouts that, as of this minute, leads the major leagues. Well, that's not surprising. Well, there's uh, still games opinion. to be played in. <laughs> that's true. Batting average against, 193 it's for the Im- staff. It's impressive. And then we have a whip. Of 108. Well, last season, the Nationals' bullpen led the league in blown saves. And that was partly for two reasons. Mostly the offense. Because they had a lot of one-run leads to protect late in the game. Yeah. And, you know, that's... Let's face it, we're we're shaping up for another year just like that. We are. We are again. But another reason was... That's that's not going to be a reason this year, I don't think. Is that starters weren't going seven, eight innings? You today you saw the perfect formula. This is the perfect formula for a baseball game. This is the game managers dream about, where they can kick up their feet. Now, Davey Johnson did have to do a little managing because the save got blown, but 
Thanks, Lidge. It went. It's like you're still in Philly. You know, <laughs> starter, setup, closer. That that is the reliever man. That, that it's the the formula managers dream about. Right. Right. I mean, you know, let's uh, you know look, looking at today's game. Diego Gonzalez comes out, and I mean, you know, it's impressive what he did. He gave up. Let's see. He gave up two hits in seven innings of work. Seven strikeouts, and the the big thing that sticks out to me was Gio Gonzalez, zero walks. Yeah, that is big. That's for him. huge. Yeah, he he was pitching with just a lot of confidence. A mm-hmm. lot. I mean, when when he had a runner on second, it didn't feel like there was a runner on right. second. Right. Just and you, you just you knew if he needed to, he's gonna he's gonna get the strikeout, and he did it a couple times today. And I mean, it was just impressive, you know. And the fact that he didn't walk anybody, I mean, that's just. Especially for, you know, knowing that he has a tendency to walk guys. That's just amazing, I think. I think it goes to show that the the start in Wrigley uh, was a lot of nerves. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only was the ump kind of getting to him, he wasn't getting a low strike call that he – I mean, he needs to get it to succeed. Um, but, I mean, a new team – open not opening day, but, I mean, you know, your first start with a new team – there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. I can understand why that would have been a a not so great start at that point. Yeah, and I mean, you know, when I was I actually I was at the movies when that when we were playing that game, I have to admit, but I made sure to be a statistical geek later and analyze every little thing that I could. And I mean, 3.2 innings. I remember looking at it and thinking that's not going to happen again. Hey, my now, I, I mean, next time. I didn't right. think it was going to happen today. When when Geo took them out today. I was happy. You know, I knew he was going to be good. And you know what? What I thought was really, really exciting about Gio today too, <clears throat> he was having fun. Yeah, when he got that single, <laughs> yeah, oh, he was all oh, man. That was that was great. Watching him just smiling on first base and the crowd, crowd standing and applauding his yeah, first major league. Yeah, he was eating it up. <laughs> Love yeah. it. And you know, when we look at the Nationals lineup. And they have some guys that aren't producing right now. Ryan Zimmerman is the guy they've got to get going. Yeah. He's got to get going. He had a tough day today with the gloves. He really did. He had one dazzling play, uh, but he also had a couple of plays that he really should have made, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, it, a couple of those plays, and, you know, they're plays you expect Ryan Zimmerman to make. Right. But in a lot of situations, are those plays you expect the average third baseman to make? Yes and no. Uh, I think we the the score was a little kind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know what? Uh, them, I'm really not worried about. We do got to get him going, but I mean, bad days happen. It, it was it was a little it was a little frustrating to watch. I'm not gonna lie, but I I I'm not worried about Zimmerman. No. Yeah. The the other parts of the lineup, you know, you look if you can get all the guys that are supposed to be going going. You know, it's it's tough to get them going at the same time, but that's when win streaks happen. Is when you get all those guys, you know, clicking going at the same time. You get Espinosa going, get Ramos going. Get Worth and Zimmerman going, and you know what? Those guys Worth are actually sort of going. Those guys are actually doing okay right now. You know, and again, it's early in the season, but those guys are actually producing on some level. And I'm actually kind of impressed with how many walks Espinosa has taken. Mm-hmm. That is and good. That, that 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 I think is really nice. And Desmond, he's been he's been hitting the cover off the ball. Let's face it. Uh, yeah. That home run the other night that was just amazing. <laughs> Desmond is he has the right. You know, I saw a quote from him, and I don't know what the, you know, but I saw the quote, and it's the right way to be aggressive. Right. Sometimes 
Desmond can be over-aggressive, and you can see that when a guy throws a curveball in the dirt and he swings at it. Yeah, he's, looks, got, he gets an ugly swing on yeah, he. But, you know, he's, he says the right things about being aggressive. People oftentimes, when you say a guy's an aggressive hitter, they get confused between aggressive and stupid. Right. An aggressive hitter doesn't mean you're swinging everything. It still means you're waiting for your pitch. But if you get that pitch as the first pitch, you're going to swing at it. And if the pitcher is just refusing to throw strikes, Desmond said he's not going to he's not going to swing. Which well, you know we saw with guys like Christian Guzman and Jose Guillen, guys that would do it. So uh, I'm actually surprised today. Desmond got three hits, and I mean that's just awesome, man. You know because everybody talked about. You know, he wasn't going to be a leadoff guy. And let's face it, he's he's not the on-base machine that you would expect out of a leadoff guy. But he's been doing well making things happen. He's been putting pressure on the defense, you know. And that's that's exciting, I think, you know. He's putting the ball in play. I saw someone say of Desmond, you know, that there's – that, you know, enjoy this while it lasts because his, his on-base percentage is so predicated on his batting average. But I'd like someone, you know, I'd like someone out there to find me, find me the hitter whose batting average is the smaller part of their on-base percentage than their walk rate. Because you're not going to do it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I do think that Desmond could benefit from drawing more walks, being a little bit more patient. But let's face it, he's probably not that guy. I think when Desmond, as he hits the ball, hits those first pitch fastballs that guys are throwing him now, they're going to stop throwing him. Those yeah, pitches. they will. And he's going to, as they stop throwing him that pitch and see that he can handle what what's in the strike zone, they're going to start throwing more out of the strike zone. But I mean, you and know, then it's up to Desmond to not swing. It. What's nice about what you're seeing out of Desmond right now, though, is that last year everybody was commenting on his hitting and how poor it was. I don't think anybody's talking about that, at least not right now. Not, I mean, it's still very. It's still, yeah. Again, I mean, everything we're talking about, it's it's hard to say because everything's so early right now. But still, you know, the the point the point remains. He's doing decent right now, and that's nice. Well, speaking of people that uh, you know, fans are worried about right now, we we do have injury news about Storin and Morse, and actually, <clears throat> uh, to talk about that, we're going to have. Sports Illustrated's Will Carroll on. We'll be right back on the other side of this with Will Carroll. All right, and we're back getting uh, Will Carroll on right now. Hello? Hey, Will, it's TJ from Citizens of Town. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, pretty good. <clears throat> so uh, let's get right into it. Um, Storin uh, had surgery for uh, to remove Storin. bone chips. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> had surgery to remove bone chips uh, yesterday. Uh, what kind of recovery time is he looking at? Well, you know, the question now is not the bone fragment, as they're they're calling it. And it was pretty big, but it was uh, really just one, and there were some other smaller pieces in there that they basically just washed out. Um, it's going to be his response to that. You know, a bone chip in and of itself isn't that bad. It's when it gets in there and gets involved in the structures, if it's poking into something, if it's creating inflammation. Normally, that clears up when you remove it. I mean, uh, if you have a rock in your shoe and you pull it out, well, normally your foot doesn't feel so bad. So we'll have to wait and see. Normally, this is a six to eight-week process for a pitcher. He's a closer or you know, any reliever. He doesn't have to build up stamina. So six weeks, we could see him back on a mound for the Nats. You know, if I say mid to late June, we're probably pretty safe. If they're really conservative, we're looking at the all-star break. 
I'm fairly confident the Nationals are the conservative type. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, maybe. We have another player that, you know, they gave a week off. Then they resumed baseball activities. He went down. He was uh, rehabbing and re-aggravated the injury in Michael Morris. So what happened there? Yeah, it's uh, pretty much as simple as that. They, they'd given him the time off. The lat is something that normally heals pretty well. Actually, you know, there are times when if, uh, you know, in situations where they have to transplant a muscle, uh, they'll take part of the lap because the body can do without it. It's a redundant structure. But uh, as soon as he got down there and as soon as he started throwing at full velocity again, he, he made one throw and pow, it uh, restrained and right in that same location. So it hadn't healed up well enough. Uh, everything looked good. There was actually imaging on it, and everybody was saying, well, this is looking great. Let's go ahead and rehab uh, but just like a pitcher, you'll see some guys go, everything goes great with the rehab until they get on a mound. Morris, everything went great until he got in the game. And maybe it was a little too much adrenaline. Maybe he put a little bit too much into it. Who knows? But the fact is, they're back to square one, maybe even a little bit further than square one. So, uh, you know, they, they looked around. They wanted to see if there was anything they could possibly do differently. And they consulted with Jim Andrews, who said, nope, can't do anything differently. So he's going to be <laughs> shut down for six weeks. Uh, he'll be able, he'll be able to do almost nothing baseball related. He'll do cardio to keep in shape. Uh, I'm sure he'll participate. You know, there's certainly some drills he can do. One of the things we've seen more and more of, even though it looks stupid, uh, players say it helps is get in the cage and they watch pitches go by. They're not allowed to swing, but they can watch pitches. And, and, you know, if you ever see guys doing this drill, you're like, what in the world are you doing? But for pitch recognition, for just keeping your timing going, it, it does make some sense. It just looks really goofy. But it's not just six weeks. Everybody's saying, oh, in six weeks he'll be back. No, in six weeks, that's when he can start gearing back up. Is it going to take him two weeks? Is it going to take him four weeks? How much do you get his swing back? And then he's got to throw again. So this is going to go, you know, at the minimum, i got to think it's going to take ten weeks, which puts him, puts him at the all-star break. I mean, I, I got to say, is this the first time that we've had not horrible news from James Andrews? <laughs> well, you know, once, yeah, that's the thing. Everybody thinks that Jim Andrews is a grim reaper. Anytime yeah. you hear his name invoked, something's gone wrong. Well, something has gone wrong, but it's it's not nearly that bad. Um, yeah. I actually did a study a couple of years ago, and, and it was about 45% of the time that somebody went down there and either got a positive outcome or that he concurred with what the medical staff was saying anyway. So uh, it, it's actually more often that you get the good news than you get the bad news. Now, um, I was reading today, uh, I think it was Stefania Bell that I saw. Uh, she said that there's really no Who? surgical option. Uh, Stefania Bell? Never heard of her. She's <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> great. That there's basically no surgical option. I guess Andrews uh, concurred with that. Well, yeah, with a lat, there's no surgical option. Um, gosh, that's just basic. You know, the, the lat, again, it's a redundant structure. And you, know, you don't stitch together. <laughs> you don't do surgery on a, on a muscle. I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, you know, we, we just don't do it. I mean, really, go take a stake, cut it, and then stitch it back together. Because that's what we're talking about, you know, the, the steak <laughs> that we eat. Kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know yeah, why. good I mean, luck with that. Yeah. Yes. Stuff it with bacon. <laughs> yeah, but you hey, know, if we put bacon look, in Michael Morris, will he get will he hit better? You think? <laughs> he'd be delicious. But um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing the, the thing here is that you you can't really stitch muscle back together and hope for a good outcome. It just doesn't happen. You do it in the extreme cases, and even then, you're just doing it because there's absolutely no other possibility. 
you know, when we're talking about putting abdominal muscles back together, you have to use uh, steel mesh. And that's this thing that you couldn't even use until a couple of years ago. Same thing with virtually any muscle. You're going to have to use anchors and everything else for muscle to muscle strain. Uh, the idea of doing surgery is, is just flat out ridiculous. Um, you know, it, very literally, muscle tissue is the same as what we eat, whether it's chicken, steak, beef, pork, whatever your protein of choice is, except for maybe tofu, um, and that would be even tougher to stitch. That's what you're trying to do, and asking a, a surgeon to put that back together and try to do it in a way that it would still flex normally and heal up, uh, that's just not going to work. So, no, the suggestion of that is bad. Okay, good. I, I just wanted someone uh, who actually knew their stuff about this to say that. I tried coming out with that on Twitter today. Um, and, of course, the cynicism of Nats fans is we're going to find some way to make this worse down the road after we give him six weeks off. So just wanted to get that well, out you, you. Yeah, you know, lat, lat strains, you don't normally see them in players. And the location is also an odd one. Uh, you know, probably the most famous lat strain of the last couple of years was Ben Sheets, and his was a kinetic chain issue. He had had so many arm issues that, you know, anytime you have a, a chain, there's always going to be a weak link. And after they fixed his shoulder and fixed his elbow, it, it just kept going backwards and, and hit the lat, and then he had a back injury after that. Um, you know, for Morse to have done this, you know, I, I'm not going to cast aspersions on the guy because he's passed drug tests like everybody else. But you do have to go back to the fact that he failed three of them at one point. He's a huge guy. He's very muscle-bound. Uh, he, he's a workout demon, and uh, regardless of whether he was ever using anything uh, that's banned, uh, you do have to worry about muscle-bound guys like that because you see over and over that you know, the activities of baseball don't necessarily – the muscles don't necessarily help. I'm not going to say they hurt either because he's obviously a good baseball player and very, very athletic, uh, certainly more so than me. But you are going to see some odd injuries. If you take a guy that's a weightlifter, you're not going to make him uh, a good right fielder, a good first baseman necessarily. Uh, and you're often going to see injuries coming from the other activities that will you know, you know, kind of streak into it. Sure. Well, uh, one quick question before we let you go here. Um, we also got news on Anthony Rendon today, a partially fractured ankle. Uh, odds that he's back this season? Uh, you know, Rendon has had a lot of injury problems, and I'm honestly not familiar. I don't keep up with the minor leagues just because getting solid information from them is so difficult and it's so inconsistent. So I, I don't have the specifics on this. I don't want to even speculate on it. Okay. Um, you know, a ankle injuries are tough. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to put any sort of timeline on it. Look for which bone is fractured because, okay. you know, ankles can be a lot of things. There, there is no anatomical ankle. There's no ankle bone, despite what the song says. You know, if it's a fibula, <laughs> uh, th that you can come back from. If, if it's a tibia or if it's one of the bones below the joint, uh, if you get something like a talofibular, uh, a talus or something like that, then you're getting into long term. And because of his injury history, again, they're going to have to be conservative and make sure that his uh, feet and ankles are healthy. So uh, this is one, especially in minor leagues, that, that you tend to see the timelines extend. Okay, great. Well, uh, Will, thanks for coming on for uh, with us. Um, Nats fans, you can read him on SI. His uh, column is under the knife. Uh, anything else you want to plug while we got you, Will? Uh, no, SI is my thing. All righty. Thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for stopping by. All right, that was uh, that was Sports Illustrated's Will Carroll. Um, you know, that's interesting about all those injuries. I mean, yeah. the Nationals have had it piling up here. It just seems like when 
you know, it rains, it pours. Well, but, you know, I look around <clears throat> baseball right now, and you're seeing a lot of guys. Yeah. And, I mean, and that happens in April. The cold weather is not conducive to, to muscles. Well, I mean, you know, also pitchers get injured. I mean, I was a little bit bummed to hear Michael Morris get injured, but what do you do? I mean, people get injured in the game. That's the way it's going to go. That's the way it'll always be. Um, we're fortunate, at least, that there hasn't been any, and knock on wood, any uh, <clears throat> knocking on wood Hopefully here. some listeners out so, there can find some wood. Tonight. Yeah. Well, we haven't <laughs> had anything that's taken anybody out for the season. Yes, that, know, that's and, very good. And it's not, you know, the Nationals need the guys that are paid like stars to play like stars. Right. That's Worth and Zimmerman. Yeah. Those two guys need to really play well. Mm-hmm. And those are the two guys that are going to carry the Nationals. Uh, yeah, our offense is dependent on really a couple of guys, uh, Zimmerman, Worth, and LaRoche. You know? I mean, I look at the lineup, and it sort of dies a bit after Worth. It does. It goes, and, you know, Nadia DeRosa and then I, Bernardina. I, I love I love Roger Bernardina, but I mean he uh he just he, so far this season he hasn't really been producing. I know again it's early and you know I'll happily eat those words if he becomes an all star. But he's never but, produced the major. But that, and that's what I was gonna say. You know, he's consistently not productive. Right. And I, I remember Keel's available to come off the, the D L one more day. Tomorrow. And, and I, I mean, not tomorrow. The day after tomorrow, Saturday. I was I was 14th. looking at the uh, I was at the park today and I saw the the stat line on career for Roger Bernardina against left-handed pitchers. It was I think I think it said 246 <clears throat> or it was like it was it was low <clears throat> for you know a batting average. And then uh, I also saw I was like okay so how do they do against right-handed pitchers and it said like 216 or something like that and I was like well <laughs> how many career bats does he have? Do you have him up right now? Uh, I can get him up right now. Well, until we can talk about uh, some of the, you know, Wilson Ramos showed he was a good batter last season. He's batting eight. That's the toughest place to hit in an NL lineup because you're not going to see any pitches. Because you have the pitcher on deck. That's a, a typically an easy out. So I just, I look at once Wilson Ramos gets going and if Nady and DeRosa continue to not get going, I think eventually you're going to see Ramos batting six. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think the the Nate, I like Nady. I want to put that out there. I like him. You know, he's got a good, he's got a decent career that he's established as far as uh, numbers wise. I got to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about him, but you know, I've looked at his. He's stats streaky. He's he's streaky. If he gets okay. on a hot streak. He's going to carry the Nationals to okay. a few wins in a row, and you're going to go, who is this guy? But uh, So, Ankiel comes off the DL, uh, you know, and then we got to, I mean, we suddenly the outfield is crowded. But the question is, I mean, I think Brett Carroll's going to go. First. That's my question, is you have Bernardino. He seems to be, regardless of his output on the field right now, he seems to be a favorite. They don't tend to mm-hmm. like no, to yeah, let I, those guys go. Carroll's had, I believe, one at bat, maybe I don't two. even think he's had an at. He's pinched run a couple of times. I think he's had one at bat, if I, I remember seeing earlier today. I'll have to take a look at that and verify. We have Bernardino's well, career at bat. And, um, the, I, I like that the Nationals like Bernardino. You know, and, and I'm I'm with everybody. I want to see him get his fair shot, and you, you know. You don't want to see a guy go and then suddenly 
put it all together, you know, and that's just a worst case scenario. <laughs> and I feel like that's happened to us before and we don't want it to happen again. Uh, he's got one at bat and he's over <laughs> one. Um, he's a guy that you can't hit. They're not really, DFA him. <laughs> they're not really using him really mu- that yeah. much. I think that's the biggest omen that he's the guy to go is mm. that, I mean, they use Nady in the field. Um, and they use Bernardino a lot. And even if they either a platoon, uh, well, I guess they wouldn't even platoon because he has a left hander. They could platoon. What they would, who they, how they do the platoon? Would they put Nady. They put they do Worth in center with Nady and Derosa, and then have uh, against left handers you have Worth and right with Enkiel and Bernardino. So, <clears throat> uh, obviously, against right handers, I mean, yeah, they would platoon Bernardino. He has value there, and even if. Ankiel comes in and is lighting the world on fire, and they tend to use Bernardino less. He's still a better pinch hitting option than Brett Carroll. He's a better pinch hitting. You got to think he's faster than Brett Carroll. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, even if you're just putting him in the pinch run or any of those type of things, I mean, he's he's going to be a better those option. Those types of players are useful for a major league team, especially mm-hmm. a team that that thinks it's a contender. Those types of players are seen are, are typically a type that sort of developed a cult following, like Bernardino had. So that may be a role that works for him, where he can win. But he's not a starter in the major leagues. He's, he's just not. And there's another reason why Brett Carroll might go, is that Corey Brown's been doing pretty well in the minor leagues. You know, I say that and people brush it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. If if there are injuries, which you know we've seen that there can be injuries or a lack of production, even right, then you could look and say, all right, we're going to call up Corey Brown. Of course, there's another center fielder at AAA mm-hmm. who is yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah, counting yeah. down the day. <laughs> well, it's, it's, not May yet. it's not May yet. If there's an injury, it's Brown. It's Brown. Yeah. At if this it's, point, if it's a necessity that you know they need something to provide a spark. It's going to be Harper, but if it's an injury, somebody goes down. Corey Brown comes up right Agreed. now, and uh, it has nothing to do with production. It's the fact that down the line, he's going to be cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> true that. <laughs> okay, so gonna get back on track here if we can. Is there an off track? Yes. <laughs> oh yes, we found it before. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, so today Nationals won in the tenth inning, three to two. After a blown save by Brad Lidge, a couple of goofy plays by Ryan Zimmerman. And uh, let's face it, today we got lucky. Yeah, we Right? Did. I mean, it's not every day you're going to get a, a walk-off wild I don't pitch. know if I'm going to call it lucky, but uh, that was Alfredo Simone in there. You know, cast off from the Orioles. Well, still, I mean. A cast off okay, from the on, Orioles. Didn't he kill somebody? Or Oh, yeah, the Rockies. No, 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 you're talking, yeah. And he shot his gun. Yeah, he shot his gun in the air and he accidentally shot somebody. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That, that, I forgot all about you that. You know, he's he's used to wild pitches then. He's <laughs> wild with all his shots. <laughs> he, he, uh, you can't trust when he shoots. Yeah, I mean, he, right. he, I've seen him blow a number of saves as an Oriole. Okay. And so seeing him blow a save today was not at least a bit surprising. I think in any game, where you put the Nationals' bullpen against another team's bullpen, advantage Nationals. Yeah. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, um, we saw what Craig Stammen did. Or, yeah, no, I was 
I'm get, I was just about to get to that. So Clifford today, one inning, he gave up one hit, but it was a double, if I recall correctly. And he got the two strikeouts. Pretty solid today. Pretty solid so far, his last couple of appearances this season. Nice to see uh, Lidge with the blown save. Um, unfortunately, he did not get the win. <laughs> no, that would have been <laughs> as, as much fun as that would have been. But Danny Espinosa decided, I guess, that not getting the ball out of the infield was more fun. And it's a little frustrating to me because every time we have the bases loaded, all we have to do, with with less than two outs, all we have to do to get a run is get the ball out of the end. We fail to do that. And And that's that's a little frustrating. The more opportunities you have, the more chance something's going to happen. And it's going to break the Nationals away one of these times. One of these years. (laughs) One of these times. I mean, Danny Espinosa. You know, he's hitting 211 right now, but his on-base percentage well, it, is 360. 360, yeah. And, I mean, you know, this, this is a perfect example of why a batting average is arbitrary. He's getting on base, and that's what's – I mean, it's arbitrary to a point, you know. The more uh, important number – Is is not making an out. Right. On-base percentage hides a lot, of, yeah. a lot of things, which is why you have – I mean, average, batting average hides a lot of things, which mm-hmm. is why you have on-base percentage and slugging. If you can look at all three at the same time, you can sort of see. You can get get an idea of what kind of what kind of guy you're looking at. Right, and and, and Danny Espinosa, the guy last year, he hit he hit relatively low. It was under mm-hmm. 250. Yeah. He's not a high average hitter. No. He has the power and he at has least the not work. yet anyway, and he's young. Let's let's remember that Danny Espinosa spent two weeks in the, in AAA before he, he became a big leaguer. He's a young player, so he can learn. He's shortened up his swing. Yeah. He's it, working it on it. It doesn't look as bad as it used to. Now, he's working on the swing, working on getting that quick stroke right to the ball. And, you know, it's it, his batting average could go up as his career goes along, or he could stay the same player he is. Mm-hmm. But with his defense at second, which so far has actually been a little troubling, he mm-hmm. leads the team in errors. I think him and Zim are actually tied. Yeah. But that's, you know, those are two of your better defensive players. Right I mean, I don't think that's something that's going to be – well, I hope it's not something that's going to be normal anyway. Uh, anything can happen over the course of the baseball season marathon. Um, but getting back to it, how about Craig Stammen today? One pitch shy of an immaculate inning. That was oh, some. Oh, that was crazy. That Still was see. something. That was, I, I, I saw the first strikeout, the second strikeout. O two on the last batter, I was like, just just get him to swing at it. But he didn't swing at it. And what is, why didn't he swing at it? What is Stan? What is he's the sixth guy in the Nationals bullpen? Yeah. I mean, what that is a heck of a bullpen. Yeah, right yeah, and I mean that's just like watching Salmon today. I, I I'm glad he got he got credited with the win because that one inning that was impressive. I mean, you know, the Nationals are going to be without Drew Storen for a while now. Uh, but you look at that bullpen, and it's you know when the story comes back, he's going to add more than yeah. that's been that, that, that been taken got away a pretty, right now. Pretty powerful bullpen. I mean, that's that's fun. You know, I love it. Um, but yeah, you know, in a nutshell, that was today's game. The uh, final box score for the Nationals is going to be three nine and one. That's one error charged to a Zimmerman throwing error. Yeah, <clears throat> which could have been two. It's two or three. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, that play could have been two. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, the Reds two five zero. I think it's impressive that the Nationals have reduced the number of hits 
that they've given up like they have. Um, and if you go back to yesterday's game in uh, Flushings, in Flushing, New York, you'll notice something very interesting here. 17 men left on base? <laughs> 21. 21 left on base. <laughs> that is a lot of men left on base. Yeah, there's a lot of guys just wanting to go home. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, you know, Nationals won the game. Uh, four to zip. Nice to see Strasburg go six. Very nice innings. Uh, he wasn't getting a lot of the calls at first, but it, it almost seemed like at a point he just decided he was tired of the nonsense. <laughs> and so he just started, started getting everybody out. He got nine strikeouts on the night. Or the, the afternoon, I'm sorry. So you're saying Strasburg is a pretty good pitcher. I'm saying he's all right. <laughs> I mean... I'm, well, uh, okay, so yesterday, two hits, three walks, which, I mean, again, the strike zone was maybe an envelope. Um, and it changed, too. Yeah, it did, and nine strikes. But that was more Strasburg's doing. Strasburg showed the, um, you know, I can hit that outside corner at will. So you're yeah. going to call that. Yeah. Because I no. can hit it. And, and I mean, it's it's very very impressive, and I mean, it's just it's good to see that you know he's performing as well as we know he can, what he's capable of. And the thing that's amazing to me is he's still so young. There's still a lot more of him to grow. And I mean, I I'm just excited to see where it goes from there. So now the Nationals' two losses on the season so far have both been by one run. Right, and. It, We'll get to that right now, actually. So, how am I good at predicting where you're going? <laughs> so, uh, actually, 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 we got one more win in the way before that because the day before that we won to the New York Met against the New York Mets again. My um, boy Ross Detweiler. Ross Detweiler. Oh. How about Ross Detweiler? I saw a stat today that that Detweiler, Edwin Jackson, or Edwin Jackson Detweiler. Strasburg and Geo have not given up a run. That's four starts in a row where the starter Strasburg. has not given up a run. Um, Ross Detweiler, he went five innings. And considering considering how that game started, the first thing that popped into my mind was not the way you want to start a ball game, Ross. But this is a perfect example of why the first inning is, you know, it's not necessarily. It's, it's not necessarily. Yeah, it's not necessarily how the rest of the game is going to be dictated. Does not dictate the rest of the game. Struggled a little bit. He got. He had a guy on first and third with no outs. Bowed his neck. Got three outs. Got two strikeouts and a pop up to get out of that first inning. Now you watched. Nobody crossed pitch. the plate. You watched good pitchers pitch. You watched Matt Latos today. He did yeah. the same thing. When he got runners on, he slowed the game down, mm-hmm. and he just. And attacked. that was a long first inning for Ross, but I mean. You know, he did exactly what he had to do. I mean, after that, I felt pretty good about the game. And, boy, you know, he went out there for another four innings. You know, he only went five innings in this game, but he went five good innings. Now, what we also have to look at here is he went five innings. He only threw 71 pitches. He was pulled yeah. early. And Davey, Davey admitted that he could have kept going with them, but he wanted to get try and get the offense going. Well, there's that in – I mean, one thing you also have to kind of think about here is he was a long reliever for all the mm-hmm. spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that one spot start, and the odds are he's not fully stretched out yet. Right. Definitely agree with that. I mean, it, it, you know, that being said, he gave up one walk. Okay, one walk the whole game. Six strikeouts in five innings. Now, now here's something we two should, hits we should bring up. Gave up people. two hits. 
is that I have decided that that lonely area (laughs) between the batter's Uh, box and the the other team's dugout, that's K Street. (laughs) That's where you go when you're just miserable. (laughs) When you're down on your luck and you just struck out. (laughs) K Street. Just take a walk down K Street. Population 69. Ike Davis is a frequent visitor. (laughs) Going by the day. <laughs> by leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen yesterday, twelve more today. Mm-hmm. Who knows tomorrow? Jordan Zimmerman on the mound. I'm excited about that one. I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, and um, you know, uh, that's a good segue actually into the last game we played against the Cubs. Yes. Jordan Zimmerman. How about him? How Seven about- innings. How about Seven Jeff Samarja? Who saw that performance coming? No. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who's been a middle reliever you know, in his career. You know, I, I actually appreciated it because it was a very well-pitched game. So I, a mid-90s fastball you know, uh, and a splitter that was just, just dropped off the table. Both starters that game only gave up one earned run. That is just something. That that that's that's a heck of a game. That's the game you want to. Jordan see. Zimmerman only got four strikeouts, but he came out of the game in the seventh inning after eighty-one pitches. Eighty-one, okay. Yeah. And I, I, if I recall correctly, he had a couple of innings where he just, I, I want to say he threw maybe four or five pitches to get through it. I mean, <laughs> it was just he just pumped yeah. strikes. He's just a. And, admittedly, there were a few nice plays that helped him out a couple of times. But he was not – I mean, there was no point in the game where he looked like he was struggling, you know. And if uh, if there's no unearned run, because in total he ended up letting two runs cross the plate, but he only gave up one earned. There was that pass ball. There was a pass ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, first off, that's, that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> but uh, giving the Nationals some credit, they tried to come back for him, uh, ended up – after LaRoche's home after run. yeah, LaRoche got a home run but also, and that that's what finally took some Ma- out of the game. Well, Matthew Matthews came in, he gave up two runs to give the Cubs a total of four. I think it's so important when a reliever comes in and you have a deficit of one or two, just a small deficit of just holding the game right there. Because you never know what's gonna happen with the offense. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean yeah, I I just I was really happy to see Jordan Zimmerman go out there and throw seven really good innings. And the the thing that about this game is we lost this game, but we played it very well. Um, the defense was not bad. Uh, no errors, just a pass ball. That's the, that's the, that's the sore that sticks out. And that's the only reason we really lost that game. Cause you know, that doesn't happen. LaRoche hits that home run. Um, the game's either tied or maybe we win it. It just right. You, you did happen to skip a game. Did I? Yes, the loss in uh, Flushing, where Henry Rodriguez threw the ball into the outfield. I forgot to pull that one up. After oh, sorry. De- <laughs> after Espinosa got yes, decapitated. Yes, yes, yes. After, yeah. Well, that game was was a bit frustrating the way it ended, and I mean, that was um, Edwin Jackson making his national debut. And got to hand it to the guy. He pitched pretty well. They made that one mistake. But he But did. that one mistake came after an umpire blew a strike. Well, yeah, and exactly. Both him and uh, Strasburg, they suffered from a kind of an unfair strike zone. Because uh, Strasburg, he got a, a not great strike zone yesterday. I mean, obviously, he's too hardcore for that nonsense. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, 
Edwin Jackson, he pitched a pretty good game too. You know, I mean, say what you will, but he he still pitched a pretty good game. You know, he gave up that home run. But, but that's because he, that's because that's what's going to happen when they make you throw the throw the ball over the plate. You know, you're, you're going to throw it over the plate, and there's a reason those guys in the major leagues because they can hit a ball right over the plate. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times you see it where the umpire blows that strike three call on the outside, court, and then the next then the pitch next is a home pitch. run. Yeah. yeah. No, it it's it's like they practice. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's one of those frustrating things that you you see far too often. And, and it was yeah. really in the ninth inning when it just all came unraveled. Henry Rodriguez walks the leadoff guy. Um, I'm trying to remember, did he hit somebody with a pitch? No, no, he walked the leadoff guy, but he didn't really walk him. It was all those pitches were close, and it, it could have gone either way. It's just I think his reputation is from last year is hurting him this year. Well, and I mean, yeah, and Henry Rodriguez is a very good pitcher. Hot rod, as I like to call him. Let's face it, the man throws fireballs. Um, but, you know, he's a good pitcher. I, I'm actually not horribly worried about it because, again, that was the night we were having the disagreement with the umpire behind home plate. You know what, personally, it, anyway. what he reminds me of is Clippard. Young Clippard? Yeah. <laughs> Young Where, I mean, he would come in, and there were times that he was absolutely dominant. And then, and then there were other times spotty, yeah. where he would either be wild or he'd give up the home run that he'd just kind of turn around and watch sail into the seats. And you and, got a little bit of that with Clippert in 2010, too. 2011 was when he put it together. <clears throat> and, you know, maybe that's what we're seeing with Henry Rodriguez right now, where he's going to have this uh, – he's going to have a few, you know, one year where he was – he had a 2009 year, so to speak, and then he'll have this year where he's on, and then he's off, and then maybe he will. But off isn't as bad as off. Well, yeah, yeah. Off last year was a special and, kind of and, off. And really, yes. And and the thing about it is, is he doesn't look to second base to see if maybe he's got a play there. He probably doesn't throw the ball away like he did. Right. And maybe the Nationals don't necessarily lose that game, but that's you know that's a lot of maybes, and you, you can't really you can't base anything on maybes or ifs. And, you yeah, know, I mean like Rodriguez that. wasn't in to save the game. It was a tie game. You don't know what's going to happen after that if you get through that inning. But it, you know it would have been nice to see. But how about you know, how about John or how about Roush picking up the the win against us? That's kind of a fight in the tail. Well, <laughs> and he's he's been. Good for his career when he's yeah. since then as a Blue Jay twin and now a Met. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that uh, that game in New York uh, had an issue with it, or we had an issue. That's um, it's kind of been a a common factor in a lot of these games so far, and it's left on base. Yes, yes, and, that and, Mets game. 19. Let's actually let's start back in from opening day to now. Uh, the first game against the Cubs, 17. Second game, 10. Third game, only five. That loss against the Mets, 19 men left on base, uh, 24, 32, and then uh, 32. 32. That seems uh, what game? The 4-0 game against the Mets. Are you, 32 men well, left on base. Well, that actually makes sense because we loaded the base up. Uh, Adam time. LaRoche left him left seven. Nady left six. Left on base LaRoche. That's just 32. That is, that is an absorbent amount of left on base. Let's see. That is insane. Yeah, there's 32 men left on base. Yeah. My 
God. <laughs> How do you leave 32 men on the first time I've heard you react game. like that, Dave. You're usually pretty stoic, man. I've never <laughs> seen a number that high. I mean, that can't be. I think so, they have to be you double counting. You know what the best part about oh, that? They're, they're double counting, guys. Well, it's because each person. So, like, if yeah. the bases are that's loaded with no out, list. you strike out, you strike out, and I strike out, that's nine men left. Yeah, that does, that's yeah. not that's how, how it's They're double counting, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that doesn't. That's not the way it should be counted. <laughs> but team it's still, it's still, team, it's still a lot of. It's still a lot of. Ten to that. Team okay. left that's on base. That's still a lot of opportunity. Go back to that game and look at the team left on base. That's not as bad. That's still a yeah. lot of opportunity to what, miss. Though. Where is it? The Mets. So we. Uh, the Mets game. Team left on base. Thirty-two. Fourteen. Fourteen. That's much. That's much better. That's. A more normal I still number. think 14 is kind of a large number. It, it's now, kind of large, but now we're getting more into the numbers that then, make more sense. So we have left on base, and occasionally those are times with guys on first base or whatnot. But then we get into runners in scoring position. Oh, God, I don't even want to know. Are, are you guys ready for this? Know. The wrist. wrist. So, game one. I hear it crying at night. We were one for seven. Game two, we were three for five. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Game three, two for five. Okay. Uh, game four, the loss against the Mets, two for nine. Okay. The 6-2 win against the Mets, four for 14. That's horrible. <laughs> uh, the 4-0 win against the Mets, one for 14. Now, I mean, you think we can plead to the major leagues and get them to start counting walks <laughs> as uh, coming through with runners and scoring? I, I don't think so. <laughs> Today we were one for ten. Yeesh. Yeah, it's gonna have to change. Here. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean that, that goes back to you know all it takes is when you have a guy on third base in less than two outs, just get it out of the infield. Things happen when you get it out of the infield. I mean, hell, look at what I mean. We talked about it earlier what Espinosa did today. Yeah, he all just, he had to do was pop it into the outfield, not and, even far into the outfield. Yeah. Uh, and we could have scored on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's very frustrating to watch something like that. Have, it is. Because the pitcher's trying to give you the game. You think, here it is on a platter. I'm Take tired it. of it. Have just, it. I mean, how many times in that game against the Mets did the pitchers just look like they didn't know what they were doing? <laughs> and the Nationals just let them off the hook. Yeah. I, that was just... It really, I, it's... It, you know, credit where it's due is really the patience of the Nationals that, did I just say that, that actually came through for that one game where we didn't have a single hit, RBI hit, uh, the 4-0 win. There was no RBI hits, and we won the game. If you look at teams, (laughs) if you look at what really drives run scoring in baseball, it's on base percentage. It's getting those opportunities to score runs. Um, Yeah, no, definitely agree. Um. Yeah, baseball reference or somewhere over there. Well, uh, I'll just focus on the new team. <laughs> I'm sure everyone needs to hear our struggle. Yeah, our our banter and our our poor production here. <laughs> Actually, uh, why don't we take a quick break? We, we have been we have order. been yammering. <laughs> yeah, so and, talked uh, about the games that have passed. Now the games that come. So in that town, we'll be right back. This break in the action is brought to you by Supernova Realty. If you want a house townhouse, condo, or apartment to match your Natstown state of mind, then visit www.supernovarealty.com. All right, and we're back. Uh, we're actually going to open up the phone lines now. If you'd like to call in, 347-205-9638 is the number. 
347-205-9638. Please call in and give us your input because we want to know what you want to talk about. <laughs> so uh, back to that runners and scoring position for just a second. Uh, I went back. Uh, I had to stop and do the math. Um, 218 is what we're batting. I with think that's pretty good. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the thing I would, you know, that 218 is one thing. But I don't think, you know, the more important numbers, again, would be the power is the difference between left on base and RBI. You know, if your guy's hitting a double with the bases loaded, a lot better than a single. Uh, so, you know, at 218, it's bad. But I think the worst part about it is it's mostly singles. Yeah, I mean, it's tough it's to watch. Frustrating. It, yeah, it's tough to watch. Because... And some of those hits, you know, there were a couple, in the Mets game, a guy on second, a hard single that only advanced the guy to third. That's again, it counts as a hit with runners in scoring position, but not a great hit. Now the Nationals moving forward tomorrow. Jordan Zimmerman versus Bronson Arroyo. Now, we have Bronson Arroyo's numbers here against the Nationals, and they are not what you would call good. <laughs> the current Nationals are hitting 321 with an on-base percentage of 364 and slugging 479. So, actually, they are good. <laughs> so they're not good for Arroyo. Well, who cares about Arroyo? <laughs> Well, let's see. Um, okay. Keep talking. I think, you know, the people that care about Arroyo are the people that like his uh, guitar playing. Well, well, you know, in my opinion, he's not that good at that either. I mean, looking at the – looking at <laughs> – Of course, I'm mean. At the pitching <laughs> matchup, you have Jordan Zimmerman, who is a very good young pitcher, against Bronson Arroyo, who is, you know – uh, Bronson Arroyo. You know, you know, that's not taking anything away from Bronson Arroyo. He's actually a pretty good pitcher, you know. But, uh, I mean, if way I see it, if we can light him up, that's just fine in my book. The you last know? time he pitched against the Nationals, though, he, he did quite well. He did quite well, yes. He has that weird leg remember. kick. Yeah, he has a very high leg kick, very athletic leg kick is the best way to describe it. Um, I'd call I'm, him goofy. I'm waiting until he, you know, does some weird – thing in the pool and then he gets drafted by some Olympic pool team or something. <laughs> I'm just being mean. Yeah, I'm just well, talking smack here. He is a um he is an unusual guy, but he is a what you think of as a typical number three. But that is not what you think of Jordan Zimmerman as. No. Now Jordan Zimmerman is a number three pitcher because he's as good as the other three guys, the other two guys. Well, this isn't – well, you know, uh, the sample size is different. Uh, Arroyo had faced a lot of the Nationals betters a lot more. He'd been around longer. But Jordan Zimmerman against the Reds, maybe not good news. Uh, 380, 426, 620. Hasn't he picked up a win against the Reds? I don't know. I don't have that here. Mm. I just have the the batting stats. Um, but the guy that has the most at-bats against him on the Reds is Ryan Ludwig with nine. Uh-huh. So we're not talking about a real big sample size here. Mm. And a lot of this maybe came from 2009 or mm -hmm. his rehabbing in 2000. Zimmerman has grown a lot. And I don't know how frequently he's seen 
the Reds last year. I'm fairly confident we, he played them at least once last year. Because I know there was a long stretch where uh, the Reds, well, uh, there's a four, uh, if I recall correctly, there was a four game stretch with the, the Nationals against the Reds at Nationals Park. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we did pretty well against the Reds. And uh, in fact, I remember very well going to Nationals Park immediately after work one day, <laughs> still wearing my work clothes, which is something I like to make fun of people for doing. So I was guilty of that, and that was kind of fun. But I, I, I'm confident that you know the pitching staff we have is able to perform against the Reds. The, the trick is, is that the Reds are a very good offensive team all around. They are. That lineup is – I mean – I don't know where Brandon Phillips was today, but but well, he he aggravated some injury, so he was out. I don't, but know. I don't know if he's going to still be out. Yeah, and even without him, they still got uh, Joey Votto, Jay Bruce, Jay Bruce Scott uh, Rowland. Yeah, you know. Um, they've also got that kid Devin Masarasco. Oh yeah, Masarasco <laughs> is he he he, is he pretty well animal. against us a couple times today. Yeah, mm-hmm. against Joe Gonzalez, who was on by the yes. way. He pounded, uh, I believe it was a double off the wall. Yeah, no, it, it bounced off the, the wall. Curly w yeah. on the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a powerful young catcher. He was also very angry at the end of the game. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's a, just as, you know, to follow up with that little comment, there was a very angry picture of him on the, uh, on MLB.com somewhere. Now moving on to the next game, uh, Homer Bailey versus Edwin Jackson. Homer Bailey, he's a he's a pretty good pitcher. I know he's not. He's not. He's a guy people should just stop talking about velocity. Uh-huh. Velocity, just shut up about him. He can't throw it anywhere but down the middle. He's a terrible major league pitcher. Just forget he's he's wasn't, not good. Wasn't he in relief in the playoffs in 2010? Him and Brandon Belt are okay. the two players that people just they were good prospects. They haven't put it together major league level. They just need to be cut, let go, drift to the wind, and go play. Somewhere in the Atlantic League. Would you say they need to be farts in the wind? Yes. Okay. I'm tired of hearing about them. <laughs> They're not good. Everyone talks about Homer Bailey as if he's actually done something for his career. Here's his numbers against well, the Nationals. Well, then. So. <laughs> okay. His numbers against the Nationals, very small sample size. We'll go back to him as a total and why I don't believe in him. But his numbers against the, num- the Nationals, extremely small sample size. The guy with the most at bats. Mark DeRosa was six, uh-huh. but it's 350, 409, and 850. But again, way too small to even say anything about it. means nothing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even like those stats to begin with of the batters versus pitchers. Mm-hmm. I still think, you know, if a batter is going to pick up a ball out of a guy's hand and the way he throws it and have success against him, they're going to continue to do it. Well, it's kind of like with uh, Worth against Dempster the other day. It's, I mean, well, opening day, I should say. Or, no, I'm, I mean, LaRoche. You know, we were talking about him on our last show about how it just didn't seem like he was picking up the ball well. He had three strikeouts and a ground out. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's the same kind of thing. It does happen. There are guys who just hit certain pitchers better. So. Right, and uh, I mean, that's just, I think, what might happen with, uh, you know, a guy like Arroyo, just guys hit pick of the ball, but Homer Bailey, you can't tell. But like I said, he's not a good major league pitcher. He has a career 491 ERA. That's he's good for a mediocre team. been trying, <laughs> trying to be a major league pitcher since 2007, at the age of 21, when he was a hot prospect. He's now 26 years old. And he still hasn't put it he together. He still hasn't okay. put it together. He, he, he just, 
His strikeout per nine for a career is 7.0, which is fairly good, but his walk per nine is 3.5. He, he, and he gives up a lot of home runs. Mm. He's just not a good pitcher. He's not a prospect anymore. He's just a guy that every time people talk about, and they're like, oh, Homer Bailey, he's a good pitcher. No, he is not a good pitcher. <laughs> just forget about him. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> so we should be able to uh, to put something together against him, is what you're saying. We should be. Who, that doesn't who, guarantee anything. Who do we have on the mound? Is it Detweiler? Edwin Jackson. Oh. Edwin Jackson. It's Edwin Jackson's turn. Okay. So we will see how. He... That I I I want to see another good performance out of Edwin Jackson. I, I know he's capable. I of would it, too, so. but I have my fears about him because he is a guy that is an every other type of dart guy. Well, let's pretend this last one was a bad one. <laughs> Maybe he will with that with that home run he gave up. Let's see how he did against the Reds in his career. He has. Pitched in the central before mm-hmm. when he was on the uh, Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, what is going on? With he wasn't. He wasn't on the Cardinals for horribly long. When did he get traded to the Cardinals? Trade deadline. Was that the year. trade deadline? Yep. Okay. He was part of that Colby Rasmus deal. Oh, okay. The it was a three-way trade. Another mm-hmm. player that people need to stop playing about. Like he's actually Colby special. Rasmus. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Face he, he's in. He's in Toronto now. Nobody even knows he exists anymore. <laughs> that that kind of, I mean, no offense to Toronto, but that seems to happen in a weird sort of way. It does. And they like those players that, why are you? They seem to like those players that just sort of, uh, no one else wants on their team, like you know Escobar. But what is this thing doing? Do you need some help? Are we having more production issues? We're having technical <laughs> difficulties here because this is not behaving itself. That's a bad computer. I think <laughs> I think Edwin Jackson's been on too many teams. He has been on and too many teams. And when I select teams. the Reds, he's, he's nothing like, is happening. Edwin Jackson is the guy that's traded at every trade deadline. <laughs> he is. I mean, he could be traded this trade deadline. He could be. What if Wong comes back at the trade deadline? Boy, wouldn't that be Nationals ex- need exciting. a hitter. Another team needs a pitcher. Boom. Yeah. Well, Edwin Jackson has faced current Reds 48 times. Edwin Jackson has paid a lot, though, so I don't know how easy he would be to trade. He's paid... It's well, a one-year deal, though, so it's not exactly high risk. Right, it, it, and and most of the contract will be a, will have been paid by mm. the trade deadline. Uh, but Edwin Jackson against the Red, current Reds in 48 plate appearances, they are batting 262 with an on-base percentage of 340. The slugging percentage of 429. Wow. So that's in 48 play appearances. Oh, okay. And the guy with the most, Ryan Ludwig, with 13. Hmm. I mean, you know, it, it, Joey Votto is four. Joey Votto doesn't have a hit against Edwin Jackson in four plate appearances. Interesting. Which means nothing. Right. This is. But still interesting. The total number of players here is not even enough to field a lineup. <laughs> I mean, it would be, but it's not a very good lineup. You'd have – it would include Bronson Arroyo, who has three at-bats against him, and Willie Harris. Yeah, it's just uh, – I, I just want to throw it out there that I'm glad he didn't bite us today when he came up to the plate. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he was a victim early by – I think it was Stammen. Oh, wasn't that fun? <laughs> and uh, 
mean, that was that was quite nice to see. Um, I mean, I remember Willie Harris biting us many times as a Nationals player, striking out. On the- <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we 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 still have a knack for things like that. <laughs> Let's uh, try and get the guys to strike out less, shall we? Yes, I think the Nationals are also striking out as batters fairly well as much as their pitching staff is striking out. It, it, it's like it's like yeah, it, it's not fun to watch the number of strikeouts that the guys get. We're we're trying to do it do what we did last year and be the team that gets struck out the most, which you know, I know as far as it goes, strikeouts are just outs, but I think we've seen differently already this year. <laughs> All the bases loaded situations with uh less than two outs. At how least we're grounding into double plays, right? <laughs> how many of those would have been different if the guy had just hit a sack fly and yeah. striking out? You're, you know, people talk about productive outs are still outs. We can score a run off of it. It's a little yeah. Long. I mean, yeah. if you can if you can score a run out of it, um, advance a guy with it, advance a guy to third base when you got only. Uh, more when you have less than two outs, you advance a guy to third base, you're giving yourself an opportunity, you know. And I, I'm not a huge fan necessarily of the quote unquote productive out, but I like productive outs better than outs. Yes, flat yes. out outs. Much better when you know, when you have runners uh, moving than when they just stand there. And maybe productive out is the wrong term for it because of what the word productive usually means we could call it a less bad out a less bad out yeah. i like that actually a lbo less bad out yeah call it yeah. an lbo because it does LBO. something instead of nothing yeah that was an lbo i like that rolls off the tongue nice yeah. well moving on to sunday we've mike got... leak versus ross <laughs> mike leak is he's a he's Derek lowe jr I have to admit, I'm probably very – I'm the most excited about Ross Detweiler in the rotation because, you know, it was a surprise he got put in the rotation. Yeah. Pitched well in New York. Now, it, I have no doubt that he's going to be reliable, I think. But uh, I think he's a fun guy to watch, you know. He's still got the – he's got the touch, the strikeout touch. Uh, he's got He's got some good stuff, and – yeah, this this batter pitcher matchup. Um, I don't even know if it's big enough to even talk about with Ross Detweiler and uh. Well, Ross Mike Detweiler, Lee. Ross Detweiler is gonna be a very hard one to figure out in that particular aspect. And he's a different he was pitcher a now. For so long. Not that long. Well, long enough. And he was a pretty bad starter before he was released. He was, and I mean, he he stepped it up a bit at the end of last year, and that was nice to see. And you know, I'm. Again, glad he got put in the rotation. This, yeah, this is this is uh, probably moping down in AAA. You know, these two guys have faced each of these teams or the members of these teams too too infrequently to really make any judgment call. Arroyo is really the only one you can look at in this entire weekend and say, okay, the Nationals can hit Arroyo. We haven't played an NL East team yet. Yes, we did. We played the Mets. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a dumb thing to say. Forget I said it. <laughs> wow. We haven't played many NL East teams yet. We've played I mean, one. We played one. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how we play against the Marlins. I am. I just want to throw that out there. I want to say that you know I said I watched that Marlins Phillies game, and when Mike Stanton, when he hit that ball and it shattered his bat, but it was still a line drive single. I mean, that man. That man has some strength. Uh, okay, I'm not talking about playing the Marlins, so you can no fans 
excited about somebody's Giancarlo. Somebody's man crush over here. Giancarlo is an amazing baseball player. You, you guys getting dinner later? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he is a guy you have to watch out for in that lineup. You do. Uh, now, I have to ask, why don't we jump straight to the Marlins? I, I, because I was, was going to say, I'm, I'm interested to see how we play against the Marlins this year. Are because, we, we're playing them in that in the, during this homestand. I think we go to the Red, to the Astros after the yeah, after Astros the Red. Red. Well, the reason I say that is because the last couple of years, you know, we talk about playing the Phillies. You know, we we beat the Phillies last year, but the Marlins, they a lot of people pick them as better than the Nationals, and in the last couple of years, they have been better than the Nationals, and by a lot. Like they they beat us a lot at home. They beat part. they're better than the Nationals when they play the Nationals. Right. Last right. year That's, they weren't better than the Nationals when they played anyone else. Yeah, and I think even if they're good against us this year, we were good against the Phillies last year. We weren't better than the Phillies. Right. Last year. Right. No. And, and, <laughs> but I'm still interested to see how we play against the uh, the Marlins. The Marlins simply because they've beaten us so many times, and I kind of want to see us turn the tables on them. That would be nice. That would be nice. It would be nice to see the Nationals play in that new ballpark. Let me just say, I don't understand the whole, the Marlins got so much better. They replaced a closer who lied about his age for an older closer who's more expensive. Yeah. And and and, and, and having Heath Bell in their bullpen didn't stop them from putting it. Chad Godin in there. Uh, yeah, I, their I, bullpen's I, not any better. I mean, it it made it more top-heavy. By I, laughed, I laughed a little bit when uh, he fell, got a blown save. I'm sure they laughed too when Brad Lidge got a blown save. I'm sure they did. Yeah, but, but we're only paying him a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he, was, he wasn't the right. crown jewel of our offseason. Yeah. So then you come in and I mean, you replace Chris Volstad with um, Zambrano. Zambrano, you got uh, the lefty dude, Burley. Then, yeah, then you bring in Burley. I mean, Burley is the one that makes me laugh the most, just throwing it out there. I don't get – I mean, when we were pursuing Burley, the biggest thing – the biggest term that was thrown around was innings eater. Mm. He's going to go out. He's going to get you 220. That's, you're going to be good. That's that's something of a – that's something of a <laughs> – that's something you, you label – a pitcher in innings eater when he's I don't, a little bit past his I don't prime. I don't like that label for Burley. This is a guy that's thrown a couple no hitters in his career. He's been the ace of a World Series team. He's consistently one of the better pitchers in the AL Central for a long time. He also earned a gold glove as pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. Very good fielder. But I still but you look at his war compared to Javier Vasquez's war from last year, they're about the same. He's just sort of stepping into that role I mean, that was vacated. I, how, how old is Burley now? He's 35? No, he's not. That, no. I'm he's, pulling it. He's, he's only... If it wants to lose. He's only 31. 31? Yes. Really? He's not as old as people think. Mm, he's, mm -mm. Well, how old is he? 33. 33. Oh, well... I guess he's older than people think. He's older <laughs> than I thought. Than you think. But anyway. he's still not... A, we sort of split the difference there. Yeah, I said yeah, yeah. We we averaged well. We on at together we got that. the right age. Yeah. But you well, know, that was awkward. If, but anyway. But if you look up Derek Lowe, at the time the Dodgers signed him, he was about the same age. So and that deal worked out relatively well for the Dodgers. 
so that's sort of what the Marlins are expecting from Mark Burley, is to be like Derek Lowe. And Derek Lowe wasn't an ace when he was there, but no one's asking Burley to be an ace. They're asking him to be the number two or three starter, depending on how it, again it goes Sanchez back and Alaska to, to Josh Johnson being spectacular. Right, he has not been that yet. No, I just want to point out starts. while we're talking about it that Philadelphia leads Miami right now three to one. Yes, this, it, is, this is one of those games you just wish they probably could a little early for division watching. No, I'm game. just I, I agree it is. I'm just pointing it out because we're talking about it. And, now, while we were talking about Josh Johnson, uh, I have to look it up here because I put it out a couple of days ago. Yeah, he gave up, what, six runs yesterday? Um, he has not looked – there's a bit of rust there. Uh, they said that, that that he hasn't given up two two-hit games in quite a while, and he's did it, done it twice already this season. Yeah, I I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I believe uh, Jason Stark put it out that he's given up 16 hits already through April right now. Last year, Mm. he gave up 18 hits through all of April after facing, I believe, 143 batters. Don't quote me on the exact numbers, but it's right about. He's he's not close to what he was last year, right now at least. Um, They say pitchers can come back. From elbow injuries, better than they can shoulder injuries. Mm. And his injury was to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So there is something to worry about with Josh Johnson. What was his injury specifically? Torn labrum, I believe. Oh, man. So it is um, that they just rehabbed. He never had surgery, correct? I think he did have surgery. He was out. I thought he did have surgery. Yeah. I could be wrong about that, but I remember hearing he had surgery. But he he's back now, and... Um, it is not going well through two starts, but that's two starts. Yeah. I'm sure you can find a time in any pitcher's career where they had two starts that were not good back-to-back. It's not uncommon. It just happened at the beginning of the year, coming back from injury. So if it continues to happen, then we can talk about it. But right now, Josh Johnson will more than likely turn back into Josh Johnson any time he takes them out. I uh, just kind of want to backtrack for a moment. Um, It's been brought to my attention that Corey Brown is 10 for 24 with two walks. I'm sorry, seven walks and two Ks to start the year. That is quite impressive. That's that's a really good start. Last I heard, he has two triples. He's not going anywhere. (laughs) He's not. Because, A, the first person we've, I mean, we've talked about it, Carroll's probably the one that's going. Yes, and Ankiel's coming back. When Ankiel comes back. Then you leave, then you have Bernardino. The issue with Bernardino is there's no options. So if they decide to give up he, on him. I think he could be, and I mean, I this is just speculation. I think he could have something of value come back, minor league-wise. You think so? No. No? I have a feeling that it would just be like trying to trade John Lennon. <laughs> okay. Without the salary. Yeah, but I he think, doesn't have the salary. Well, I, the Astros are a baseball team. <laughs> I think, but they don't have anything to give us. I think what would happen there, looking at Corey Brown, is if the Nationals' offense continues to struggle and they start looking, and it gets closer to Harper time, 
and they're looking at Harper, and Morris isn't coming back, and they're going, okay, now, we need to change our ideas here. We'll put Harper in left field, and we'll call up Corey Brown and put him in center. But then you have two call-ups on the team at the same time. That, I mean, Corey Brown will probably be a September call-up again this year, but barring injury, I don't think he's coming. Well, I mean, that actually may not be a bad idea. If you're looking if you're looking at bringing them both up, I mean, everybody's eyes are on Harper. Nobody's expecting Corey Brown to do a damn thing. Yeah, no one expects <laughs> Corey Brown. Yeah. Nobody, I'm wondering there how is, many people actually know his name. There is zero pressure on his shoulders when he comes up, if they're both there at the same time. Yeah. There's not. Um, but, I mean, that's that's further down the road. I mean, when we spoke to Will earlier, uh, I mean, that that is something that fans really need to have in mind, is that Morse uh, – Six weeks is the starting point, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, it could be the all-star break early August even before we see Morse again. When they're talking about the Nationals making a trade for offense, I don't think they even have to make a trade. I think Mm -hmm. it's sitting right there in AAA, just waiting for them just to call them That That's something that came up on the uh, the post-game show today was that, you know, how soon until Rizzo gets on the phone and starts looking to – trade for a bat. I think we've got the depth here, and you're right, we've got the stuff in the minors to give them a shot. And it's uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's an exciting thought. Uh, we we got Corey Brown with the Oakland trade for Josh Willingham that brought us Henry Rodriguez. Um, I mean, you know, the reason Corey Brown isn't in the majors right now, in my opinion, is because, one, you know, we had guys that were expected to be our center fielder and left fielder. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're injured right now. But uh, also, he just, uh, I mean, he was injured last year. Yeah. He was he was out he, for a lot. You know, people look at his numbers. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And people look at his numbers from last year like, oh, he's not ready. Yeah. It's like, well, well you, have to, you have to play to, <laughs> to put up numbers. When the Josh Willingham trade happened, there was a lot of negativity around it. That's one of those situations. But if you look at Willingham now, I've watched a couple Twins games. They played the Orioles, and they were on MLB Network um, playing um, whatever team they're playing now. I can't remember who it is. But Willingham hit a home run. The, oh, it's the Angels. Willingham hit a home run. Very next inning after hitting the home run, Peter Borges hits a ball that Willingham gets under, then doesn't make the catch. It bounces off the wall. Willingham falls to the ground, eventually gets up, gets the ball, but Peter Borges hits it inside the park home run. Willing, Willingham's, He's a DH. Willingham's uh, defense is not spectacular. It was it was adequate while he was in Nationals Park. Um, but It I, was better than done, and I'd say he's yeah. worse than Morse in left field. You'd think so? It's close, but I'd, I'd, yeah. put Morse, I'd say Morse is a little more athletic. I mean – Morris at one point was a middle infielder. Yeah, yeah. At one point, every player was a middle infielder. I don't think Josh Willingham ever was. I <laughs> think sometimes he was. Probably he was in a high school. at one point. He was. So he he wasn't a middle infielder, but he was still an infielder. <laughs> well, a catcher is an up the middle position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, another another Burn. another thing that we're looking at if you bring up Harper and put Brown in center, when you do that with Morris out, is the defense aspect of it. The defense would be very good that way. You'd have a true center fielder in center field, and you have two guys next to him that can play center field. 
it's a good problem to have when you have two center fielders yeah. playing next to each other. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking today. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, watching Nady in the outfield, you know, just a thought. I, I, I wasn't exactly impressed, you know. And, I mean, I, I know we kind of have him more for his bat off the bench. Is I, I'm pretty sure that's the reason we have him. Yes. And uh, the the one thought that crossed my mind when I saw him, the 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 – the word to me would probably be scurrying to a ball on the ground that Zimmerman didn't get. Yeah. Uh, slowly. Slowly, yes. The the thing that crossed my mind is, you know, I think it'd be cool if that was Corey Brown chasing that down right now. And and you know, this is what I think when I'm sitting at a major league baseball game, and it's just we we don't know yet from Corey Brown if. His hot start in AAA is a hot start, or if it means he's ready to be called up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing. I mean, we preach it all the time, and we probably sound like broken records, but on the big league side and the minor league side, there's, this is a small yeah. sample. And then there's a huge talent jump between AAA and major leagues. And there's a lot of guys it. that can't even make it. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Citizens of Nats Town will be right back. All right, and we're back. Um, so we've uh, we've gone through a good part of the the upcoming schedule. Uh, we actually took a look at the Astros, and uh, their rotation isn't up yet, so we can't. We're not going to comment on that. We know Strasburg is going to go on Monday, and, then, and uh, it'll Geo, then Zimmerman, and then follow right through the yeah, rotation and Detweiler. We know who is pitching for the uh, Nationals. We don't know who's pitching for the Astros. It should line up with. Wandy and Bud Norris and Jay Happ and whoever their fourth starter is. But we don't know because uh, they haven't bothered to be nice enough to put that up. Yeah, how rude. <clears throat> but I can tell you, I think the Nationals might have the pitching advantage in that matchup. I don't know. We have some pretty some pretty screwy games against the Astros. I, I, I don't believe anything until it's final. And the Nationals might actually have the offensive advantage in that game. They did designate. They did uh, option the Bix today. Oh, they optioned Bixler. That is just terrible. <laughs> At least Carlos He's the Lee is the winning. <laughs> At least Carlos Lee is their best offensive player. <laughs> oh, Bix, the Bix, <laughs> the Bixinator. Yes. Well, the Astros, uh, like we've said many times, are a baseball team. They are a baseball. They are a major team. league baseball team, and those players are in the majors for a reason. So they are a team you have to be we careful are, with. We are. We are very nice. You cannot, you cannot assume anything as a win ever. Yeah. They sometimes these teams come to play, and the Astros will likely want to show the world they are not a pushover, whether they can do it or not. Because in 2009, I can tell you the Nationals wanted to show people they weren't a pushover as well. They just couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, those were painful times. But um. You know, one of the hottest hitters for the Nationals beside Ian Desmond has been Adam LaRoche. Adam LaRoche. He's been, he's been he's been a joy lately. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's nice because he's uh, he's known for his slow starts and uh, a couple of home runs already on the season. Is that really the Astros' marketing slogan? Root, root, root. Wow. Yeah. Root, root, root for the Astros. Root, root, root. That's their... so, so think about that the next time you make fun of Natitude, people. <laughs> Come on. Really? Root, root. They took the lyrics of a song and made it their marketing slogan. That's uncreative as you can get. Well, well root, 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 
That's all you can do for the Astros. <laughs> That's all you can do, yes. So the Astros are three and three on the season. Um, again, it's early. The alarming part to me is that they are not in fact in last place already. Uh, I don't know if that's alarming or just funny, but, <laughs> but give, it uh, time. give it time, give it time. But uh, yeah, LaRoche, I mean, he's uh, he's been the offensive force that we have in he the has. lineup right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, if I remember today, he was sitting right around three forty. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had he had the hit that drove in two runs for us today. Mm-hmm. And he he's he's got the two big home runs that. Well, he he had one in Chicago that was trying to help us come back with two outs in the ninth inning. Yes. Um, he had one. Another one in Chicago. He had one. In, yeah, it was a, another one in Chicago that that was that came amidst that seven to four win, if I recall. Yes, correctly. it did. It was. And, it uh, was the first two runs of the game in the national score. So off the foul pole. I like that uh, Laroche has been performing. It uh, speaks to the fact that, quite frankly. He missed a lot of time last year, and nobody for, nobody forgave him for it. And he was hurt when he was playing. So right. what you saw from him was was not LaRoche. what LaRoche is like with one arm. Yeah, one-arm with, LaRoche. Not bad for a one-arm baseball player, he for, was. With uh, two arms, he's much better. It was the two-armed man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny just how quickly the uh, the fans can turn it around, though. Yeah, no, I everybody mean, loved Spring training, yeah. it was, you know, F this guy. Oh, you know, he was hurt last year. He's not going to do anything for us. I How quickly. To, I seem to remember after the first game of the season, somebody said he's got to go. Yeah, he's got to, you know, how quickly can Morse come back? And we so won that game. Over? We won that game. Yeah. And, <laughs> and people still hated LaRoche because he had a couple strikeouts and a ground out. You know, Zim's gone over 4-4. Yeah. <laughs> Every player in Major League history has gone over four before. Uh, yeah. It's not unusual. Baseball is a it's a season of ups and downs. It's a it's a game of it's a game of sometimes luck is what it is. And you know, sometimes you just don't have it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not and, 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 no no player puts up their stats in a straight line. Yeah, and I'd actually be interested to see what uh LaRoche's career line looks like against Dempster. Just just thought about that. It, yeah, that might be interesting to see. But, you know, there is, um, you know, a lot of people talk about stats and the way baseball players put them up. But you look at every player's ups and downs throughout the season to get to their final stats. They're going to have hot streaks and cold streaks. Yeah. And like I said before, you can have a guy that has bad stats that could be a perfectly useful player. Talked about this guy a lot, the perfect 250 hitter. The guy who's going to get one hit every single day. That would be a very useful player putting up bad stats. Hmm. Yeah, you have some sort of stats in front of you. Um, I thought I did. Well, apparently you don't know how to use your own computer. I do not. Does it surprise you? <laughs> no, it does not. But um, Mark Burley. What do you want, Mark Burley? How did you get to I, Mark Burley? I, <laughs> you, let's see. I, I didn't. I I I did not click on Mark Burley. By the way, let's see. I think you've just confused yourself. I am confused. I'm confused a little scared. I don't know what's going on. I don't right think now. you're gonna last pass the test of time. <laughs> oh, okay, Buck. 
<laughs> uh, well, you know, that was our segue. <laughs> Buck Showalter had, uh, it was the 20th anniversary of Camden Yards. And um, he decided, you know, it's interesting the Nats and Reds are playing each other, but he decided that two stadiums that I guess he doesn't like very much that aren't going to pass the uh, test of time are um, Great American Ballpark and Nationals Park. Because uh, to him, Camden Yard is a monument, and those two stadiums aren't going to pass the test of time. He didn't clarify what the, exactly that meant, but that was what he said. And now I want to know where he gets the idea Camden Yard just passed the test of time. It's not Fenway. It's not Wrigley. It's not even Dodgers or Angels Stadium. It's been around for 20 years. And it's nice looking, but there are issues with it. The main issue with Camden Yards that I have is that if you are seated in right field, your view of the game is of the warehouse. Your seat's not facing towards the pitching mound. It's just facing out in some arbitrary direction. Might be nice for some ladies trying to pick up a guy, you know, <laughs> working at a warehouse. I mean, but you're you're not you're facing the right fielder pretty much. I I think Buck Walter was really just trying to be a jerk, and that's the bottom line. Here's what I like about Nationals Park more than I like about Camden Yards: the seats face in the correct direction. The sight lines are much better at Nationals Park than they are at Camden Yards. The um, there's more bathrooms. When you need to go, you can find a place to go. I don't like that at Camden Yards, the – Camden Yards is a great park. I just want to throw that out there. I like it a lot. But what I don't like is that when you're getting a beer or getting some food, the stands are behind the seats. That's another thing. I, I just, I, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, I mean, I like how at Nationals Park you can actually see the game going on sometimes if uh, if you're standing in line somewhere. Now, here's another thing I don't like about Canyon Yards. They put up the home run distance after a guy hits a home run. You'll see a guy hit a home run into the what you assume is the power alley. Then up comes another 360. You go, that's not a home run. What? Is, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> home run should be 400 feet. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the way. It's, at Nationals Park, you know, it's 370 in the power alleys. But it's a relatively high fence, and norm, most of the time they're 400-foot home runs. Yeah. yeah so I mean, you don't see a lot of that, wall scrapers. That's something I like about Nationals Park. It's a pretty fair park. Um, you have to actually hit a home run in order to get a home run. I wouldn't. I mean, there's. I, I guess you could say there are cheapies at Nationals Park, but not like, say, Citizens Bank Park. or. Right. There aren't very many cheapies. There's cheapies down the line in every park. But um, in Nationals Park... Uh, they were talking about Tyler Pasternicki of the Braves hit his first home run and into the Crawford boxes. Okay. It was a pop-up. It was a pop-up home run, 320-foot home run. I didn't get down there. Wow. It's just not um, – that's what I like about Nationals Park. Like Someone said uh, it is designed for optimal baseball viewing. Exactly not much else. Be. That's fine. Yeah. That's what I want out of it. But, I want to go there and watch a baseball game yeah, and maybe get drunk. As far as the <laughs> test of time, I'm not sure what is going to erase it because it is not like 
a uh, I mean, utilitarian and multi-purpose in, type of stadium. In a thousand years, I'm wondering how many baseball stadiums that are currently built are still going to be standing. Uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's the test of time, I might agree with Buck. But Buck is also an old part. He might just be sad that he's falling apart. I don't know. He might be. And he, I mean, did he really choose to go to the Orioles? He got fired by the Rangers, who were terrible when he was fired. He went to ESPN. No one really wanted him. And then here came the Orioles. Like, hey, we need that, somebody. My understanding is that Buck Showalter isn't exactly a people person. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean people don't like him. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he had that comment about Kurt Schilling with the Red Sox. He had uh, a few other comments about uh, other teams in his division that have sort of made Joe Girardi and uh, a few other people mad at him. I, I want to I point out that, I mean, anything Buck Showalter says should probably be dismissed because he's just an old grump. So, I mean, maybe he, he looks at how good the national maybe, roster maybe, is. Maybe he should just focus on running his team and be quiet. Yeah, he looks at the <laughs> roster and he says, well, at least our park's better than theirs. That's good for him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that that just, uh, if that's where you're going with, your park's better than uh, our roster, well, thank you very much, Buckshill Walter. <laughs> see ya, see ya. When, when, are we, when are we playing this? We're playing them in May, right? Yeah, yep. we're playing in May. See you in May, Buck. Yeah. <laughs> Strasburg versus Jake Arrieta. Let's see who wins that one. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing really to worry about here. Nothing to get riled up about. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, all he, <laughs> the best he did was he brought a little bit of attention to the Orioles that otherwise they're they're not really going to get. So, um, well, we're uh, running into the final 20 minutes of the show here, so let's uh, let's get some final thoughts going. I'm excited. <laughs> that, that's Thank my you. final thought. I'm excited. This it's been. I know it's just a weekend of the baseball season, but it's been fun, and uh, I wanted to keep being fun. All right, Dave, what do you got? Well, you know, it's been a long winter, and I did not realize how much I actually missed baseball. So baseball <laughs> is back. Stuff on you like that. I mean, I I thought you know you know oh, it's going to be baseball season. I'm be real busy now. I looked at my schedule. I don't even know. Next time I'm gonna have a free day is, but yeah. it's uh, there's a lot of baseball to watch. I've spent most of these last few days just watching baseball, and I just um, I, I I get a lot more uh, distant with some of my non-baseball friends when baseball season starts. And a friend of mine actually said to me, "Well, well, see you in six months, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you then." That might be how it is. Well, uh. Yeah, baseball's back. Um, certainly makes the show easier. Spring yeah. training's a little rough. <laughs> I mean, we, we you, you try don't and get, get much out of spring training because it's all ifs and buts and lots of he's in the best shape of his life and, and lots of teams. lots of Lombo King jacked. He still looks like a pit squeak. Yeah, uh, the uh, game is maybe carried. It may not be. Spring, spring training stuff yeah. don't matter. You get a lot of that. Precisely. Yeah. We're actually talking about baseball. So uh, we're back. We're excited, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get this done. Uh, I want to thank uh, Will Carroll for coming on once again. Uh, check him out on SportsIllustrated.com. His column is under the knife. <clears throat> I'd also like to thank uh, Creative House for help with our logo. Thanks to the Isotopes for our intro and our outro. You can follow them at the Isotopes, and uh, yeah. That's your Citizens of Natstown for Thursday, April 12th. 
until next week, we are ghosts.